Hello, and welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John, and this is podcast number seven. And since about podcast three or four, we've been looking at the subject of God's Word. We've been looking at general revelation versus special revelation. And in this podcast, number seven, I will take us towards the end of the valley. The valley that connects to general and will lead us into special. And podcast number eight will be focusing on special revelation. Now, I'd like to begin with the Bible verse that I've been reading at the opening of this, and that is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Now I will take us into Genesis 2 and Genesis 3. As we come towards the valley. Last week we talked about the origin of death. And in that we took a look and saw how evil began. And it began with Lucifer. He rebelled against God because he wanted to be like God. Now, we took a look at the angels, and we should all agree that the angels were made after God. The angels were made while God created the earth, and that the fall of Satan happened after God finished his creation. And so. We will begin going into Genesis 2 right now. In general revelation, I discussed that God revealed to us with his recreation and history. Genesis 2 is about God's creation on the sixth day, which is part of history. Now, the Bible reveals history from the beginning, but it cannot be viewed as a history book that shares facts about time because it goes beyond that. To see what I mean, I had to take you from the origin of Satan to the origin of man on the sixth day to continue to walk on the bridge to get to special revelation. Discussing Satan, man, sin, and death reveals why God's word is a special revelation. Now, in Genesis 1, it is an introduction to God, the Bible, and his creation. The creation story in Genesis 1 gives details of what God did on the first six days. By his power and knowledge, he spoke things into existence. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it reveals what God it reveals what purpose God gave to man 
when he creates him in his image. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. The purpose that God gave Adam can be seen when he said, Let them have dominion over all that I have created. He made man for the purpose of being in charge of this world for his glory. In Genesis 2, we read more about the sixth day. After God made Adam from dirt and water, he placed him in paradise, the Garden of Eden. This place is comparable to the new Jerusalem that John sees in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Like the new Jerusalem that will replace the earth, the Garden of Eden, at when it was created, did not have tears, pain, sorrow, nor death. Continuing to look at the new Jerusalem to see its similarities with the Garden of Eden, let's continue on with Revelation chapters 21 and 22. Revelation chapter 21 verse 3 says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. We see God being the midst of us in the new Jerusalem. And in the Garden of Eden, we see the special revelation of God revealing himself to Adam when he spoke to him. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, God says this, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Before that verse, we read on why God put Adam in the garden, which was to care for it, but it was not to be cared for with strenuous work. God was not a demanding boss, that will cut wages and fire people that did not meet the quota. He knew that Adam did not need anything else because he was without need. Like John in the New Jerusalem, he was without need. In Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 2 and 5, says this, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, 
and they shall reign forever and ever. John saw plenty of clean water that did not run out. And he also did not see the new Jerusalem run out of fruit. And it was not cursed. The Garden of Eden was also not cursed. It also had plenty of clean water. And its fruit did not run out. Adam, as a manager of the garden, had plenty to eat. The Holy Spirit that dwelled in John gave him his wisdom. So we see John having flawless intelligence in his recording of Revelation. In the Garden of Eden, we see Adam's flawless intelligence when we see him create the human language when he named all of the animals. The animals that Adam named were not equal to him. So God made him a suitable helper that would be his equal. God provided Adam a human relationship with another gender, a woman. God established marriage to be one in front of his presence, like the church and Christ being married, to be united as one in God's presence in the new Jerusalem. So that, along with endless supply of food and water, and no death, are things that parallel the Garden of Eden. Like the new Jerusalem that will be perfect, the Garden of Eden was also perfect. There was no sin and no death until Adam did the one thing that God commanded him to not do. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, he says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. God told Adam to not eat from the tree of knowledge, or he would surely die. He gave him a perfect paradise. And there, there at the time was a special revelation from God that came to an end when sin and death came into this world. Adam's disobedience not only separated himself from the garden, but also separated him from the presence of God. In Genesis 3, we see the fall of man and God's special revelation to Adam and to the rest of mankind with the first prophecy of the Messiah in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now we are going into Genesis 3 to revisit the fall. I have been blessed to not experience an invocation notice. And we that have not experienced that may have heard what it was like when a rapper raps about being evicted from his place. And it usually expresses with gloom. It remembers how awful it felt. And think how awful Adam and Eve felt when they were evicted from the most precious place ever made in the earth. They were not excommunicated from the garden. They were not only excommunicated from the garden, 
but they were separated from their creator. Now, guys, do not take the fall as a joking matter by blaming Eve. I mean, yes, she was the first one to eat, but it was Adam's disobedience that caused the fall. It's our disobedience that keeps us from God. And our unrepentance keeps us from understanding God's special revelation, the Bible. Disobedience brought sin and death. It replaced God's knowledge that Adam had with man's knowledge, which is limited with fallacy. Man's knowledge cannot understand the Bible because man is spiritually dead that cannot understand the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I read this in the beginning, and I'll read it again. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Well, in the Garden of Eden, Adam was spiritually alive, and he was in the presence of God. I already mentioned that Adam named the animals, and he came up with the human language. These things show that God made Adam very intelligent, and that came from the all-knowing God. With God's creation that we can see and our understanding comes from examining, it reveals God's wisdom. That was not something that he had to learn, because it was already part of him. Adam's intelligence was a part of him, and his spirit was still alive. He could understand the instructions of God, but he still caused the fall of man by disobeying the one command God gave him in Genesis 2. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it introduces us to Satan that spoke to Eve through the serpent. I already stated that I believe that he fell from heaven after the creation. And we see him in the garden after God finished his creation that he did literally in six days. Quite a few times when I hear a pastor preach about the tactics of Satan, he uses the fall of man and the temptation of Jesus to show, his enemy, show how his enemy Satan attacks. Examining the attacks of Satan shows our need for God and His Word. It, is, it also shows that the Word of God is a special revelation from God. When Satan tempts God's Son, Jesus, in the wilderness, he could not get him to fall as he got Adam to fall. He attacked the same way, but he still failed to tempt Jesus. The temptation of Jesus is one of many examples that prove Jesus was who he said he was. He is God, and he is the Son of God. Jesus being God along with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit means that he has all the same attributes. He is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, and he could be everywhere at once. Also, along with having the same attributes is that he has the same characteristics, like Holiness. In his Sermon on the Mount, he tells the multitude, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, Father which is in heaven, is perfect. 
In other words, he is telling the same thing that God told the Israelites through Moses in the Old Testament. God tells them to be holy because I am holy. A God that is holy means that he is perfect and is without sin. That means he did not create evil. He did not cause no one to sin. And we see these things in God the Son. Also, others that witnessed Jesus declared that he knew no sin. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 15 says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So Peter, Jesus' apostle, witnessed that Jesus was without sin. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 22, he goes on and continues to say that Jesus was without sin. He says this, For even here unto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his footsteps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. These verses declare that Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. The fact proves that Jesus was God. And the only way to see that in God's word is to be born again. His word is meant for spiritual people and not natural men. When Satan tried to attack Jesus using the same tactics that he used against Adam, he began with the same approach of waiting on his victim when it was the most vulnerable. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter compares Satan to a roaring lion. And like a lion, he waited for the right time to attack his prey when it was unaware and it was its weakest. After Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 introduced us to God's enemy, and our enemy, it reveals to us what happens, which is he questions God's truth. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 70, God told Adam that he should not eat from the tree of knowledge on good and evil. And if he did, he would surely die. Satan to Eve questioned what God said in verse 1 when he asked her, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, whenever Satan attempts to tempt us, he will question what God taught us in his word, as he did to Adam and to Jesus. After Eve testified of what God said about eating every tree in the garden, Satan twisted what God said when he said in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 3, You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. You see, when we continue to question God's word and what is clear instructions, we put ourselves in a vulnerable place as Eve was in. 
She heard Satan's lie when he said that she will not surely die. Listen to this. When says something will happen about something, when God says something will happen about something, it will happen. Now when man says that it will not happen as to go against what God says, that means he is telling you a lie. Whenever man twists the word of God, he is an antichrist. And he will likely say that Jesus is not the Christ. These facts right here should give us ample reasons to read the word. So we will not be deceived by false teaching as Eve was with Satan. After Satan questioned God's truth and twisted it, he went into the next stages of his temptation. He went after her pride by telling her she can be like God to know what is good and evil. With the tree of knowledge, Satan tempted Eve with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the lust of pride, which is what he does with us as well. A great example of that is pornography. Men and women get tempted with this, which includes Christians. They try to justify this sin by questioning God's word about it, even though the Holy Spirit reveals to us that it is wrong. After questioning God's word, we allow ourselves to say, it is okay to have porn. We tell ourselves that we need it, and looking at it for a little bit will not hurt. We feed our pride to say that we deserve it. The desire for porn starts within our minds. That begins the conception of sin. It seems harmless, like a campfire in a forest. Now, if we do not know how to properly put out campfire, then it will go from being a campfire to a forest fire. If we do not fl- learn, if we do not flee, learn how to flee from things that tempts our minds to sin. Then that sin goes from being a light match to a wildfire that will burn us to death like porn does. I mean, it seems just like a new picture that does no harm, but it will lead to destroying a nation, which it has been for years. In destroying that nation, it has destroyed homes, schools, and even churches. This all began at pride by thinking we deserve it as if Eve thought she deserved to be like God in her pride. Genesis 2 introduces us to paradise. Adam and Eve had the right temperature. They were naked, but they were not ashamed. They had all they need, but they were not completely dependent on things. They had all the knowledge they needed from God, so why would they need more? I mean, they really did not need it because they did not have to worry about looking for another job or opportunity that will satisfy their needs. God did that. And they could ask Him things without being ashamed. They wanted to know something. The introduction to God's relationship with man was so good that it could have continued on to the next chapter, but it did not. 
When Eve decided to bite the fruit from the tree of knowledge, and Adam decided to do the same thing, it changed their lives for the worse. They went from not being ashamed to being shameful. They went from not needing anything to being needy to try to cover up their shame. They went from wanting to be in the presence of God to wanting to hide from God. After buying from the tree, they went from being spiritually alive to spiritually dead. In Genesis 3, we should see that sin came and then death afterwards. Adam's disobedience to God caused us to be separated from him. After Adam hid himself when he heard God coming to the garden, he heard him ask him where he was. Now, God is God. That means he knows everything. That even includes knowing the future. Long before he created everything, he knew that Adam would disobey him. He knew that man would choose wickedness over righteousness. He knew that man would choose death over sin. So he did not ask Adam where he was because he did not know. He asked Adam where he was to give him a chance to explain himself, even though he already knew what he was going to say. Beginning in verse 10, we can see how Adam responded. We can see that sin does to us with Adam's response. Adam tells God that he was afraid of him because he felt ashamed. When we live in sin, it causes us to avoid God as Adam did because it makes us shameful. You see, instead of making us feel like a God like Satan tries to claim it does, it makes us feel the exact opposite of being a God, which is an outcast. Adam felt like an outcast. He went from being charged of the most glorious place on the planet at the time to a shameful outcast that went from being with God to having hide from him because of his shame. Now again, God already knew how Adam found out how he was naked, but he still gave him a chance to explain himself. Look at Adam's continued response in verse 12. Now we would think that when a person has proven to be guilty that all of a sudden it will take responsibility for its actions. I mean, how many of us have taken responsibility when we can do wrong things willingly? We don't. And neither did Adam. He did not admit to his guilt. Instead of doing that, he blamed God. Look at what he said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. He said, the woman you put here with me, and in other words, he blamed God for his sin, just like we do when we say we would not have looked at porn if God prevented us from doing so. After God heard Adam blame him for his sin, he questioned Eve after she said, the serpent deceived me. Then God's judgment came. It first came on a serpent, then it came on to Eve, and finally, it came on to Adam. In Genesis 3, we see sin, death, and God's judgment. The Bible reveals the world as sinful, dying. And it will experience God's judgment like Adam experienced God's judgment. Also, in Genesis 3, is the first Messianic prophecy. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 says, and I will put 
enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. The seed that God is referring to is his son, that will later come into the New Testament to be the savior of the world. You see, the bridge connected from general revelation to special revelation is filled with sin and death. At the end of discussing these things, I just shared the first messianic promise in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that is Jesus. He is the one that the Bible is all about, and that's why God's word is a special revelation. To begin discussing on the word being a special revelation, we need to begin with Jesus, that is the word, to see that it revolves around him. That's why it's a special revelation. I mean, the only way we can see that the Word is a special revelation is by having the Holy Spirit that comes by being born again. And next week, podcast number 8, I will be going into special revelation. We will look and see why the Word of God is a special revelation. Until then, God bless you, and you guys stay safe in these trying times.